0: Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across London. This story was first performed by Olive Holm in March 2011, where the theme was families. This is the story of two families living in de Beauvoir Square in Hackney, which you may have heard of. The first family was mine. We arrived in December 1977, coldest winter for many years. We squatted on the top floor of a derelict house with no water, gas, electricity, sewage until the purchase was completed in March 1978 and then the building work slowly began and three children were born and brought up in that house. The other family was a Turkish one two doors down the road, Turkish Cypriot, whom I got to know very gradually and did their house had water, gas, electricity and sewage but I don't think it had been improved for many years. I was always shocked by the sight of the earth banked up against the basement wall at the front. It must have been very damp downstairs. And the, uh, the Turkish Cypriot of the family was Ahmed. He was short, smiley, bandy-legged, And he always greeted you. He was one of these people of whom you can say, what you see is what you get. So I liked him for that. He was a self-employed butcher. He drove a big black Volvo to the slaughterhouse and he'd pick up bags of meat and organs, bring them back to his house (laughs) in the big black Volvo and carry them into the front room of his house, which was his workroom overlooking de Beauvoir Square, which is now unspeakably posh. (laughs) And there he would slice and chop and dice and pack to sell the meat on. I never saw inside Ahmed's house, but I did hear about it from the builder. This builder had a yard opposite. One day he was doing a job in our house after yet another break-in, and he had done a job in Ahmed's house, and he said... The flies, you wouldn't believe it. He said, and the smell, it was that bad. You could only stay in for 15 minutes at a time, so we took turns running in and out. (laughs) Besides Ahmed, there was Mrs. Ahmed, who was also very short, very wide, both side to side, and fore and aft. (laughs) More or less cubic, you could say. (laughs) Never smiled. Sometimes you would hear her voice raised in the house. You didn't hear Achman's voice raised, it was Mrs. Achman. And clearly she was not a happy bunny. The day I found her sitting on the planter on the corner of the square opposite our house, which some neighbour had put there and planted up, and she was sitting on the corner of this planter, pulling up everything and announcing her discontent to the square, not in Turkish but in English, very, very limited English, but she wanted everybody to know how she felt. And she went, I know like my husband, yank, and up came some chickweed. <laughs> my husband, black man, yank. A bit of ivy. I know like black man. Up comes a bit of lobelia. It was very clear that all was not happiness in Achmed's house. And... Oil was not happiness, in our house particularly, either. I never went and sat on the planter and pulled up what other people had planted. <laughs> what I did was to run down the front steps, run across the road, into the square, run round the square, sit and stare at my feet, and then go back into the house. I couldn't run away because I had three small children but at least I could run out of the house. Mrs Ahmed couldn't run anywhere. (laughs) Poor soul. (coughs) One day, um, Ahmed couldn't get the Volvo to start, and you could hear the noise of the starter motor motor going and going. So husband Rob gave up what he was trying to do, went and got out the jump leads, took the family car up alongside the Volvo, and they got the Volvo going between the two of them, Rob and Ahmed. Ahmed was absolutely delighted, and we had a friend for life after that. We couldn't do a thing wrong, and it was so nice to speak to him. Very limited, he wouldn't get much conversation, but it wasn't really the words that mattered. Time went on, and Mrs. Ahmed passed away, as people do. More time went on, and Ahmed had a stroke. The first I knew about it was him being picked up by an ambulance to take him off to physio sessions, which he did very regularly. But as well as the physio, I really like the fact that he set up his own program of exercise. First of all, he would walk down to the gatepost. Next time you saw him, he got as far as the wall at the edge of the square. Then it was the letter box, Then it was the near corner of the square. Then he'd go to the far corner of the square. He kept this up very regularly indeed. At the same time, he took the opportunity to speak to people. Because he could only walk very slowly, because his left side dragged, he would smile at people. And when people are smiled at, you get a wonderful reaction, even if they're not expecting it. More time went on, Ashma's son grew up, he grew a wonderful moustache, <laughs> he appeared on a scooter and on the handlebars of the scooter there was a plastic case and inside the plastic case there was a map of London. So of course you knew that he was doing the knowledge and he passed the knowledge and became a licensed taxicab driver, scooter disappeared and a black cab, is now parked outside the house. More time went on, the square got posher and posher and so did the cars which now filled it and the council put disabled on the space in front of Ahmed's house in big yellow letters. Rob came back from work late one evening, drove around the square twice, twice but couldn't find a place anywhere. So he went and parked on Ahmed's son's disabled square, which was not a good idea. Because the next morning, Ahmed's son, in a fit of rage, he must have inherited his mother's temperament, I think, had yanked off the wing mirror and flung it on the pavement. And there it lay, with these coloured wires trailing out of it defiantly. So Rob was standing looking at this wing mirror When Ahmed came down the steps, looking absolutely mortified, he just had a terrific row with his son, explaining to his son that, no, you don't yank the wing mirror off somebody who is your friend for life because he helped you to start your Volvo without you having to ask for help in the first place. Ahmed's son never spoke to us. We never spoke to him. I don't know if Ahmed is still alive, but the taxi is still there, standing on the yellow disabled lettering. There are more and more cars round the square. You see Audis and Saabs. The other day I even saw a Maserati. But the taxi is right there in the middle of it. And that's what I really like. For more stories, head to sparklondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates with audio production by Matt Hill at rethinkdaily.co.uk.